Praise the Lord, guys. Amen. Um, I like people to talk back to me, too, so I'm a, one of those guys. I'm from a, <laughs> I'm from a small church in the, in the community where, um, you know, I need that support when, when I'm trying to deliver the word and, and making sure that um, God is speaking through us and we're hearing clearly from what God is saying to us. And um, Can you guys hear me okay? just sounds weird, okay. Um, but um, so, um, good morning, guys. My, uh, man, it's a, it's a real blessing to be able to come in front of you and, and um, worship with you guys and fellowship. You, the worship that we just experienced, right, God is slowly taking us and, dele- and kind of uh, ushering us into his presence, and it's a really great thing. I'm, I'm blown away by um, our youth and their desire to, you know, to jump in and hear, you know, the worship and, and sing and sing to the Lord. There's something, there's something amazing about watching youth uh, in an unadulterated way worship. There's something about it. Like, they don't care about <laughs> if my note is off, right? If, if, if they're, you know, I'm three octaves above everybody else, they're just going to get up and do their thing. And they, you know, Singing out, they close their eyes, and you see the veins popping in their neck. And it's like, yes, that's what I, I think that's what God wants from us, right? It's just like that's sold out. I, I'm man, I, God, this is it, right? I got no barriers. I have nothing holding me back. And so it's a, it's a blessing to see our church being um, accepted and, uh, uh, and those guys being encouraged, right? We're encouraging that, and so... Can't wait to see what God does in their life. So it's great to be uh, here with you guys this, uh, this Sunday morning. Once again, if you're new here, we want to uh, welcome you. Um, it's, uh, it's a blessing to have you here. Um, my name is Kevin Taylor, as J- James uh, mentioned, and I'm a minister and a leader here at uh, North Rogers Park, Park Community Church location. And um, I have the privilege to, to bring a word today. And so... Um, We've been covering uh, this chapter. We've been going through the book of uh, Jonah, and we've been doing a series. And so Scott, a couple, couple weeks ago, first week, uh, he, he did two topics. One was um, waiting on a word from God cost us, but it's what's needed to save a city. And I think that was a really, really powerful, powerful message because it speaks to the heart of, right, we need God. Right? We can try all other things. We can do all with our own strength and our power, we can do all that to try and push it, push the agenda forward. But if God isn't in it, you know, um, there's a scripture that says, unless the Lord build a house, we labor in vain, right? And so we'll just be wasting our time. And so our church has a heart for making sure we're prayed up, right? We're throwing everything before, we're casting it before God, we're asking him to bless it and be a part of that. The other message he um, uh, talked about was repentance that gets you off your throne, right? And another powerful message about thrones and, you know, those spaces, the power, right? Things that we're looking to build up for ourselves, right? Getting off those thrones and coming to the one true God who is on the ultimate throne. And, um, and so that, all that is coming out of the book of Jonah. We'll continue for a couple more weeks because there's a lot of stuff that pertains to what God is doing in our city, our community, our church. And so I think it's going to be a good message for us. It's going to be challenging. Some, some points are, are challenging. 
um, as we think about the story of Jonah and just his, his struggle there. So, um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of the book of Jonah. We can find Jonah, if you have a home Bible, it's on page 774. Uh, some of you guys got your uh, mobile phone Bibles, and that's good as well. What I'm going to do is, and this may be a little, we got one, this may be a little uh, lengthy, but I'm going to read through um, the book just so we get the, the, the full depths of what it is. So here we go. Jonah flees the presence of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for the evils have come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. When he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went on board to go to, the, to them with Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there were a mighty tempest on the sea, and the ships uh, threatened to break up. Then the marines were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner parts of the ship and had lain down, down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us and that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come let us cast lots that we may know of whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the, the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come up upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but, but could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, God called out, therefore they called out to the, the Lord, our God, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleases you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea uh, ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out to my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me not into the deep, into the hearts of the sea, and the flood surrounds me. All your waves and your billows pass over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. 
The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around, uh, wrapped about my um, head and the roots of the mountains. I, I went down and to the land where bars closed upon me forever. You, yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayers came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake the hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have I vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited jo Jonah out among the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth for the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let the man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil ways, from the violence that is in their hand. Who knows? God may turn and relent. God may turn and relent and turn from the fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disasters that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was in yet, yet in my country? That, it, that is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat at the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade for his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant, but when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun arose, God appointed a scorching heat, I mean scorching east wind And the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And when he asked that, he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in the night and perished in the night. 
And should not I pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left as much as and much cattle? Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Um, I think, um, and it kind of long and stretched out, but back in the days, this was kind of how uh, God would uh, speak to his people. It would be the spoken word to them. They, wouldn't, they didn't have a Bible to read, and so they would have to have the attention to observe it and take those things in. And so what I want to do is, in a summary, because there was, there was a lot of stuff there, um, just kind of highlight some of the points that we're going to kind of dive in and see what God is saying for us today. So um, in Jonah 1, uh, chapter 1 and 2, God compassion to Jonah. Jonah tells, God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah disobeys. God's judgment comes after Jonah in a storm, and Jonah tells the sailors that the storm is from his God. The sailors pray to God, asking, please do not uh, let us perish. They toss Jonah overboard, right? Um, The storm stops. The crew is spared. Jonah is in the belly of a great fish. He prays. His prayers are answered. The fish spits him out. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh again. Jonah obeys. Jonah warns that God's judgment is coming to Nineveh. Nineveh repents and calls on God and so that they will not perish. God changes his mind and spares Nineveh. Jonah is upset with God now for sparing Nineveh. Jonah prays to God. Uh, when he was in trouble in the scorching heat, Jonah's uh, a- uh, prayers is answered. God rebukes him for not having compassion for Nineveh. So just kind of some high-level points that I just wanted to uh, put out there. Um, this is a great story. Uh, and we say, God, yeah, this is a great story. There's a lot of things happening. But what does this have to do with us today and, um, and the issues we face? And so we'll jump into how this story impacts our lives and I think uh, the message God has for us as we go on. So can you bow with me and pray, guys? Lord God, thank you so much for the day. Father, we thank you for this space to be able to come and worship you. We thank you for everyone that's here today. It's no accident. It's not a coincidence that you have uh, everyone here today. They were meant to hear this message. God, you want to speak to your people and you choose to do it in many forms. We thank you for your spoken word. It reveals who you are. So God, we pray for this message. We pray that it would challenge us, it would encourage us, it would, re- it would show who you are to us in a more real way, reveal to us our struggles and issues that we have and what you are challenging us to do through this story of Jonah. God bless it. I pray that I de- decrease and you increase, that your word would go forth and accomplish exactly Lord, exactly what you wanted to accomplish. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Let me get a little louder than that. Amen, guys. Amen. One more. There we go. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, so the story of Jonah is, is a tricky one. Um, if I had to give our message a title, I think it would be, God, please fix it. All right, that would be the title I would, I would kind of put together. And if I had to give you guys what the big idea that God was giving me to give to you guys. I think the big idea would be we, like Jonah and Nineveh, need to repent. Right? We should be in a perpetual state of repentance. 
God is calling us to some places. He's calling us to do some things, and sometimes um, it's easy just to turn, you know, and walk away. I'm going to ask a few questions, um, and there, these questions are just to get you to ponder and think about these questions. I'm not going to flesh them out a whole lot, but they're a challenge to you to say, all right, what is God saying through this question? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my family, my city? Um, What does the aftermath look like when God makes your enemy your brother? What does the work look like when someone who has um, done something to hurt you, to wrong you, may have did so- done something to your family, people in your world, and you have a legitimate anger, right? a legitimate reason to be upset, what does the aftermath look like? What is that process? Um, I think this is a question our world is ra- wrestling with. Um, Jonah, um, Jonah was thinking it would be true forgiveness, uh, maybe not holding grudges. I think this was what God was kind of pushing on Jonah a little bit. Um, Jonah had a difficult time with that. Uh, Jonah was not okay with God's plan to save his enemies. He would prefer that they perish and that he wouldn't give them even a second thought. Is there anyone in your world, in your life, um, that you come across who've, uh, who you just kind of disown or you got pent-up anger, bitterness towards? Sometimes we can read the book of Jonah and not put ourselves in, in the feet of anyone in that story. You know, Jonah, the Ninevites, we can do that. And so my challenge for us is to always be thinking about that. Uh, Where do we think our emotions stem from when we can't forgive? It's certainly, definitely not the Lord. What are practical, this is another question, what are practical ways we should deal with difficult people from our past? What are some practical ways? And each of, each of us have someone, I mean, I think when I said this comment, maybe a person, maybe a situation, maybe something jumped in your mind. And I think God is challenging us to take a look deeply inside of ourselves. How did Jonah deal with his issue? Well, as I read, we'll look at first chapter of Jonah, starting with the first verse. Um, and it tells us specifically what Jonah did in the heat of the moment. Um, So if you still have your uh, Bibles open, you can look there. You don't have to go there. But now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out uh, against it, for their evils have come up to me, before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Right? Um, Part of the story of Tarshish is Tarshish is in the complete opposite direction of where God was calling Jonah to go in, uh, in Nineveh. And uh, so Jonah flees, but God has given us clear commands that sometimes we often do the opposite of what he asks us to do. Like Jonah, we disobey and know in our hearts God is looking at us and desiring more from us. Right? God is challenging us. Jonah does not want to go to Nineveh because they were one of Israel's most wicked enemies. 
if you get a little backdrop, they battled and they were at war with the Assyrians for years, right? Just the Syrians, if you know anything about them, they had a, a horrible reputation, right? They would do some heinous stuff to their enemies. Um, they would gouge the eyes out of people. They would mutilate, cut off feet, cut off head, and place them on top of poles and parade them around. Um, Jonah wanted them destroyed. He didn't want anything to do with them, right? You can imagine some of his people had to deal with some of the persecution coming from these people. And so Jonah was really just kind of struggling with God on that. How many times are we in that place? Um, so as you hear the story, uh, you think God, the God of Israel, would he want to extend repentance to such horrible people? People who intentionally did horrible things, right? Do you think God was, that's God's plan? And the answer would be overwhelmingly yes. The story of Jonah teaches us so much about the qualities and characteristics of God. God is a God of compassion, and he desires uh, to be connected and reach out to people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. For them to have the opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with him. Reconciliation. And um, Jonah didn't want the people of Nineveh to repent and experience God's amazing grace and forgiveness because, for the most part, they were his enemy. And they had done some bad, really bad things. And I know a lot of us can relate to that. Um, but that's a selfish attitude. And it seems in this story, it almost mimics a story that most of us have heard about. It's the, the story of the prodigal son. And if we kind of, I mean, I know it's kind of broad, but if we kind of put ourselves in the, the shoes of the brother who never left, right, who stayed home with dad and was doing everything that dad told him to do, right? The younger brother took his inheritance, ran out, and kind of did his own thing. Um, the father is happy when the son comes home, that he's safe, and they celebrate, they throw a big party, that his son, that he was missed. Um, is back home. But at the same time, the other son, who never left and stayed and committed, he was uh, upset. He's kind of angry. He's kind of jealous. I, I, you know, if, if I put myself, if you put yourself in that situation, you, you would probably have a, <laughs> something to say about that, right? Um, and so God is challenging us with the story of Jonah. Like, this is what it sounds like when God calls Jonah to tell the Ninevites to repent, and then they do so. Jonah wants nothing to do with that at all, right? He was hoping that he would go there, finally repent, he finally made it right with God, and he went to, to the Ninevites, and he said, in 40 days, this is what's going to happen. Thus says the Lord, you don't get your act together, it's going down. That's kind of a, <laughs> I made that part up. Uh, it's not in the text, but that's the idea. And Jonah wanted, wanted them to stay in their state, right? Um, so if we were really honest with ourselves and really, uh, and really, really honest, this next question will challenge us to our core. Are you really okay with God loving your enemies? Are you really okay? Can you really be okay with God loving your enemies? Just a thought, right? There are people who go through horrible, tragic things. You see stuff on, on TV where 
really horrible things happen, and then the, the accuser or the person who pe perpetuated these things is caught, right? And they, they're in, in jail in the system, and you're going back and forth to court, and you're trying to figure out, man, when is this going to be over? This person needs to get justice. This person needs to get justice, right? What happens when that justice doesn't come how you, you want it, how you think it should be? How would you feel? Someone did something to your child or someone in your family. How would you feel, right? This is kind of the heart of what Jonah is. He's wrestling with this. It's a, it's a hard thing to wrestle with. One of the things we're learning through this text is that God is compassionate, right? He's really compassionate. Sometimes we, <laughs> we don't understand that fully. How did God show compassion to Jonah? Well, let's look at the text, and if we go to chapter 2 in Jonah, verse 5, you still got your Bibles open. It says, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head from the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord my God, when my life was fainting away. I remembered the Lord and my prayers came to you and to your holy temple. Right? Jonah was at a really, really tough place, right? He was at a place where he wanted to die, right? He wanted to, this guy, just take it away. Like, get it all away from me. I'm tired of it. Maybe it's your story. God, I've been serving you so long, and I've been trying to do the right thing, and you know my heart, and keep messing up, but I'm reaching out to these people. I'm reaching out to these people in my household. I'm trying to pray for my family, and they're not coming to you. I'm struggling. God, just take, just take me, right? God is compassionate. He understands your every thought, your every feeling, those intimate things that you deal with, your struggle. He knows them, he knows them and he cares about them. They're important to him. Uh, when you've been wrong and, desi and uh, desire punishment for those who've done wrong, uh, we're, we're not, um, we need to ask ourselves, what are practical ways we can move towards reconcil reconciliation in damaged relationships, right? How can we move towards that? We know that it's a process. It's not gonna happen overnight. For us who've been scarred and hurt, it's not gonna happen overnight. But what are some practical ways we can move towards that? Let's listen to how God brought revival in Nineveh. So if you, I know we're flipping around, but if you wanna to turn to Jonah chapter three, verse four, Starts like this. Jonah begins to go into the city, go on a day's journey, and he called out, 40 days, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed. They believed God. They called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them to the least of them. The, the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. For, uh, for some of us who don't, don't understand really what that picture is, when, when uh, someone back in those days would put on sackcloth and ashes, it was a sign of repentance, 
right? It was a sign of mourning, like something horrible happened, something terrible is going on, and this is how I display that. This is how I let people know um, that this is where my heart is, these are where my emotions are. So the king, everybody else went down and put on um, sackcloth and ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the kings and nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered in sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Right? So he did not do it. God was saying, I want men to come to me. I want to be reconciled to all men. Jesus Christ died so that we can have that opportunity to know him, to know God, to be reconnected with him. Um, this is a picture of God's sovereignty. What, he, what, what was God teaching to Jonah and us about his sovereignty? We can never really successfully make things right on our own, but we needed God who was in control, and we trust that the Lord is sovereign and that, he, that when we are ready, he will provide a way for us to heal us and make things right. right? So it's the trust in a living God who understands our needs, our struggles, the things that we're going through. Um, just like in Nineveh, the atmosphere in our city is ripe for revival. Amen? Um, there's, so, there's so much pain happening in our city. Every time we turn on the news, every time we you know, pick up a newspaper, every time we talk to someone, there is hurt. There is things happening. Remember the scenario. They lived uh, back in Nineveh. They, they lived under a rule where the violence and murder, terror was all acceptable. So similar that we are experiencing the same thing today. If God, prophet, needed to repent of his selfishness, his bigotry, and his arrogance, so do we. All of us, right? We all need to repent. God is challenging us. Um, Jonah felt like Israel was God's chosen people and that no one else you know, needed to have this, this, uh, this relationship that they had with God. And so Jonah repented. Um, and I think um, as a church, God is calling us to repent. Right? He's calling us to repent of a number of things. All of us have some individual things that we struggle with on a personal level. Um, maybe we're in relationships that we don't need to be in. Um, maybe we, the stuff that we know right to do, we don't do it. We see a homeless person walking down the street and it doesn't break our heart. Right? God cares for the vulnerable, the least of these. Right. And the scripture, uh, James 4.17 states this. Why should we repent? It's so, whosoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Right. And God has been, I know personally, God has been challenging me 
with some things that I know that's right. The things that I know, God, is like, you know you should be doing this. Or these are things that I'm breaking your heart for, but you're not making time for. Or you got other things in, in the way so that you don't, um, you don't have to deal with these issues. And God is really breaking our heart for that. And so for me, that's one thing we need, I need to repent for. Some of us have been hearing the Lord call us, and he's been tugging on our hearts to make him our Lord and our God and our Redeemer. And you have struggled with giving him full control. That's a lot of our stories, right? From a young age, maybe you had parents who were in church and they prayed for you and they were wanting you to make that full commitment, devote yourself to the Lord 100%. And for whatever reason, we've avoided it. You know, the word of God has come to you, and like Jonah, we turn and run. And, and so I don't want this to be a somber message, right, so, like really solemn. I want this to be a message of um, God has given us an opportunity to make it right. He's given us a space where we can come here, fall on our knees, out to God and say, God, forgive us. God, forgive me. Forgive me for this sin. Forgive me for that sin. Forgive me for not um, praying as much as I need to. Forgive me for not being in my word. I know these things are right. You told me they're right. And I'm just not making that time. Um, John 10, 27 through 30 says, My sheep will know my voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And that's such a powerful, that's a a powerful promise to us. Right? God is calling us to repentance. He's calling us to that intimate place where we are connected with him on a deeper level, not just a surface level, not just a routine level or religion level, but a level where you hear clearly from God because you're taking that time to say, God, what do you want from me? What are you saying for me and my family? What are you saying for me personally? What are you saying for us as our church? Either we are hearing God's voice or not hearing God's voice or we are blatantly ignoring and disobeying the word of the Lord, just as Jonah did. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people were called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. But we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna ask the, the um, worship team, the band to come. And what I wanna do is just open up this space and this time. Um, God's been tugging on you and there's some things that you need to get right. Um, this is a space for it, right? We are a family. God has welcomed all you guys into our family and he's allowed us to be in your family. Um, and so we're gonna get some music playing in the background. And we're going to um, 
Uh, we're going to ask people to come up. The first set of people, um, if this is you, if you've never asked God into your heart um, to be your Lord and Savior, to have a personal relationship with him, you've never really gotten over that hump. You wanted to and you heard God tugging at your heart and pulling on you. To make that step, we want to invite you up. Um, today is the day of salvation. Um, so if you've never done that, I want you guys to come up. If you are wrestling with um, your faith, you're not sure God has been hearing you, you're not sure if you know, you've been doing it right, uh, you know you've fallen and made some mistakes and you want God to you want God to heal you. You want him to um, take you to a deeper level. If that's you, I know God has been talking to a lot of people. I want you guys to come forward. You can come up here and we're going to um, circle up. Um, my last three questions and then we'll pray. Uh, but I want everyone to come up here anyway. Um, uh, the question is, have you repented of your sins and asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? haven't, I want you to come up. Another challenge that God is saying to you, I think, through this message is, are you more interested in your own desires, allegiances, and comforts than all those lost souls that we walk by every day of our children? If God's calling you and challenging you to do more, I want you to come up as well. And then as, as uh, believers, we will be thanking God for all eternity that he has had amazing mercy on going to be thanking him for that. And so, but my question is, but do we have that same compassion and mercy for the lost? God is working on your heart for us to pray and kind of pray through that. I want you guys to come forward.